Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Icing on Top with Savannah. I wanted to go ahead and hop on here. There's been a few things uh, that I've wanted to kind of talk about over the last couple of weeks that a few people have mentioned to me and just like scenarios that have happened in life where I really felt the need to, you know, put on here an update or something like that. So when I was looking back, when I logged in to actually create this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, it's been a whole month and I don't even actually know like where the time went <laughs> like what has happened like I feel like there's been a lot of things that have happened but not necessarily anything that I can you know like this is a big stamp this is a big timeline you know anything like that so I apologize <laughs> because my goal originally was to update every couple of weeks or you know every week that would be ideal however we all know that there just isn't enough hours in the day and there aren't enough days in a week and the list obviously goes on and on when you get to the point of talking about a year or a decade or something like that. So uh, I've had, you know, a few people reach out to me again and these, you know, have been new people versus, you know, before the people that I was talking about. Um, I had somebody reach out to me that uh, was going through kind of like a tough situation in their marriage um, that's like ending. And I mean, they just, you know, kind of were like, Oh, word vomit. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I like, you know, you don't have to apologize. Like, I mean, okay. Like, am I an oversharer? Yes. Um, is it anybody's business? Fuck no. But at the same time, like, does it possibly open new doors, you know, for people to tell me things that maybe, oh, like they didn't really talk about, um, or they didn't feel comfortable talking about, or, you know, I didn't know that happened to you. Like I, I apologize. You know, I'm so sorry. Like there's just times where I feel like we as a society are like, okay, like let's not talk about it. Even though it's the huge fucking elephant in the room, like, no, let's talk about it. Let's deal with it and let's get to the bottom of it. So, um, like I said, the one, you know, situation was somebody that was, you know, dealing with marriage issues or I guess divorce issues or relationship issues, you know, and they're just kind of like, well, you know, I just kind of resonate and like things have just been really shitty. Well, you know, I get it. I get it. And I'm sorry. Um, I've, you know, not been there necessarily with the divorce or anything like that, but I've been there with, you know, splitting up and it's not fun and it's not great, but you just got to make the most of it and you got to keep pushing through, you know, to the next day. Uh, and then the other one that I had that really stood out to me was one of my coworkers. Um, she is, you know, recently postpartum within the last year and she was talking about how, you know, she just has like this rage and she's like, my husband, you know, won't even do anything. And like, I, I know it's not him, but like, I'm just so pissed. And I'm like, yeah, like, are you taking meds? And she's like, well, I've reached out, you know, to where you go and they can't see me until like, I want to say it was like May or like maybe I'm hoping seriously it was March because May is almost too long for me. And she's like, so what do I do in the meantime? And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm obviously not a doctor, but like if you have meds that you've taken in the past that make you feel better, like why would you not be taking those? So, you know, we had a big discussion about what I did and what, you know, what I was prescribed, you know, to try and, you know, a hundred percent Zoloft saved my life. Like I will tell anybody that. And I've told you guys that before. So here's my thing. Like if you, she was, you know, talking about how she had taken the genetic cheek swab test, like where they send it, first of all, it's very expensive, 
but they send it to your house and you like swab your cheek and then send it off and it tests genetically. I really should look into this more if I'm going to talk about it on here, but it looks genetically at like how your body breaks down certain medications. So like it tells you like, is an SSRI better than like, um, an SSNRI, you know, I mean like is this medication better versus this medication? I mean, like, is your body going to absorb Wellbutrin better than what it is Zoloft? Um, you know, just, it kind of just looks at your body chemistry and sees what works best for you. Like a lot of people with, um, like schizophrenia, bipolar, like those are really good. Instead of like throwing a wild card out here and be like, well, let's try this or let's try this because, you know, years ago, that's what they used to do. They're kind of looking more now like at the genetic component. So it's not necessarily like a genetically, chemically formulated medication specifically for you. However, it just shows like maybe what works well in your body or how your body breaks down certain medications. So she was like, you know, what, what should I do? And I said, you know what, like, if it makes you feel better, fucking take it. If it, if it's an anxiety medication and it makes you feel better, take it. If it's not one of the ones that was on your list of, you know, medications that worked better for you, fucking take it. And I said, if it's a fucking sugar pill and it makes you feel better, just take it because you know what? You do not deserve to feel like that. Nobody deserves to feel like that. And then I guess there is another situation. So another situation is I know a really, really, really sweet young girl. And, um, she just is kind of going through, I don't know, like some relationship issues, like maybe situationship or friendship or, you know, situation. And she was really struggling, like crying every day, you know, and she's like, I, I need help. Like, I'm so upset. I'm so depressed. And I, I, I don't know what to do. Well, you know, do you have a thought of harming yourself? Well, no, I would never do that. Okay. So, you know, unfortunately that kind of falls like into the situation, like where you go, okay. So you go to the ER and like you're depressed and you can't stop crying. Right. Well, do you have, have you ever thought about harming yourself? No. Do you have a plan to harm yourself? No. Like those are questions they'll ask you, you know, and that's how they determine like your placement, if you need a 72 hour hold, if you, you know, need placement, you know, somewhere, but like, there's so many people that just kind of like fall. I don't want to say like between the cracks, but like, essentially like there's just a gap. So like we have a waiting list to see people or to get people seen by psychiatry. But yet at the same time, we have these people who can't be prescribed anything because if they go to the ER, like they're not going to write them a prescription for an antidepressant and an antidepressant is going to take three to four weeks to get into your body. Like at a, you know, at a level that's recognized in your body. So it's a struggle. Like there's got to be something that can help. Like there's got to be something that we can do. See, I have all these ideas and this is how I take off into left field. But I want you guys to know too, that this um, episode is like completely unscripted. I typically, you know, type out basically my timeline and what I want to discuss and everything. And I kind of just jotted down like 10 random statements on my notebook. Um, really quick. I, I do have to say that I am really glad that this is not recorded because I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. A lot of the times when I record this shit, I am looking like a train wreck. Um, 
it's not a pretty sight over here, folks. I'm, I'm just telling you. So uh, just be thankful that it's just the voice and <laughs> that it's not a full-blown picture of me because uh, that would be horrendous for you guys to see. So um, those are, you know, obviously those are things that I wanted to mention. And I wanted to say thank you um, for, you know, reaching out to me and thank you for trusting me with that information, um, or just different informations that you tell me. Um, I'm glad that we, and that you are trying and working to find comfort in the uncomfortable because let's be real, it's uncomfortable, right? So I am going to end this little segment and then an ad will play and then I'll go into talking about my next segment. So stay tuned guys. Alrighty, I am back. I shoved some Reese's Pieces in my face really fast and may have scrolled through a couple of TikToks while I was taking a break and making sure that I was ready to talk about this next segment. So as most of you know, I work in labor and delivery and it is very much a happening place. Now I will say I was on call last week and I didn't get called in. I was so thankful for that. So um, thank you to whoever decided to hold their baby in a couple more days because we have been, you know, kind of crazy. Like it's, we've either had every bed full and have had 11 antepartum patients or have been empty and down staffing people. So it's just kind of a weird time in labor and delivery right now. Um, as you all know, there's obviously like peak times, <laughs> so we're coming up on some of those. So Unfortunately, it won't last long, but it's okay because it's it's a good day to go and, you know, deliver a baby. So I actually have a um, new preceptee with me and she is from the labor or she's from the like OB family birthing center side of things already. So she um, has worked in postpartum and so she wanted to come over to labor and delivery and I've had her only two days with me because I do part-time. So I do two 12s a week and um, that is my 24 hours and you cannot pay me to be full-time. I will pick up another day or, you know, like some weeks I'm on call for another day. So that um, happens. Obviously I get called in or I end up being there a third day or with education and shit, you know, you end up being there way more than what you fucking want to be anyway. So, um that's how that rolls. But, um, she started with me, what would have been, so it was like two shifts ago or whatever. And she was great. Like I, I even like texted my manager cause I was like, not, I don't know that impressed is the right word, but like, and maybe it's different too, because I'm, you know, she's got some experience, nursing experience. I feel like it's, it's a lot different when you get um, like a nurse that has no bedside experience or maybe bedside experience, but not in, um, like women's care or anything like that. It's not that it's that much of a difference, but however it does, it is a different world. <laughs> you know, it's either like, you know, if you see an ER nurse, they're like, I hope it's a snake. And we're like, we hope it's a baby in the vagina and not a snake because nobody wants to snake in their vagina. Like how the fuck do you end up in situations like that? But that is why there are the less ER nurses, like um, one of my very good friends, shout out to Alexa, because I I think I actually would like it, honestly. I feel like I would 
like the rush of the ER, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know how you guys fucking deal with what you deal with, but they do. And you know what? I honestly, I know that some people say that about what I do and I don't even really have an explanation for it other than I just knew that I wanted to help people. So I guess that kind of leads me into my next conversation about helping people. So the patient that we had, um, when I was precepting the new girl, she, um, her husband was a medical provider and, um, honestly, like, I know that when people come in and they're like, Oh, I'm a doctor or like, Oh, I'm a nurse. Like, oh, I don't want to tell them, you know, like, I don't want you to tell me <laughs> like, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to get the same care, whether you are the janitor or the owner of the hospital. Like I am going to take care of you the same way that I would take care of somebody in my family, just because that's how I operate. Now, I don't know that every nurse is like that. However, honestly, if you tell me, oh guys, sorry, I'm recording this after Conrad, I put Conrad to bed and obviously I should have been a little bit more time conscious about it. But anyways, I, um, like I said, I would treat you the same way. So, and honestly, when you tell me that like you're a doctor or you're a nurse or something like, I'm just like, okay, are they just watching me like to mess up, see if I mess up or like, you know, cause let's be for real. We're all humans, right? Like it just kind of puts me on edge. Like when I go to start your IV and I'm like, fuck, this is a doctor and I'm going to fuck this up. You know, I mean, everybody has missed it. I'm sure everybody has missed an IV once or twice in their life, but it's still, it just puts you on edge, edge, it just puts you on edge. But I did not miss her IV because actually it was already started and I shifted that. So woohoo, shout out to Chelsea. You did great. Um, I love getting a report from that girl. That Chelsea, she is a traveler. Let me tell you something. That girl is 105 miles an hour from the time she walks into that place from the time she, till the time she leaves. Like she is amazing. She is singing. She's dancing. She's a hoot and a half and she is wonderful. So Chelsea, if you're listening to this on your drive back home, um, just wanted you to know that I was mentioning you and I think you're great and our patients love you. So, um, that delivery went amazing. Those, those patients were so sweet. Um, or that patient, I guess, and her husband were so sweet. Um, we kind of just decided, you know, that as a whole people in healthcare, you know, their main goal is just to help people. Like, Oh, why do you do what you want to do? Oh, I just like helping people. Like, I feel like, I feel like we just gravitate towards that. I feel like everybody at some point in their, you know, reason for coming into healthcare. I mean, whether it's, Oh, I saw the nurses, I saw the way the nurses took care of my dad when he was passing away or, Oh, I saw the way the doctor, you know, really cared about my grandma when she was, you know, in the hospital. Well, you know, ultimately like those are people helping people out. So like, Hey, I want to return that favor and I want to help somebody out too. So you know, when we got her up to the bathroom before we took her over to postpartum, she was like, I seriously, I don't know what you guys do. How do you guys do this? I don't know. I don't know what, how, what, what you go, what, what you guys do. You know, I don't know how you deal with this or blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Like blood does not bother me. And I said, but we all have our, you know, one things that bother us. And she's like, really? And I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what's yours? And I was like, honestly, like watching somebody else brush their teeth really just does it in for me. And she was like, what? And I said, no, I'm dead serious. Like, Mm-mm. mint toothpaste bleh, that makes me want to vomit like I cannot like and she's like what and I said yeah like when my little boy is standing at the sink and he's brushing his teeth and I'm standing there and I'm like oh god I cannot watch and she's like are you and I said there's toothpaste all over the counter 
Like, I don't know. Did you get any toothpaste in your mouth? Because I couldn't even watch you brush your teeth because I'm not really sure. Like, now I'm cleaning the sink and there's fucking toothbrush everywhere. Or toothpaste everywhere. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and I said, and, okay, like, trachs and, like, snot and, like, such. <clears throat> See, like, talking about it even gets me just riled up. Ooh, God, it's so gross. And her husband was, of course, laughing. And he was like, ooh, yeah, it's probably, like, trachs and suction for me. Like, that's probably what, you know, what would have done it for me. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I could just care less that, like, uh, yeah, like there's a little bit of bleeding. So like, God, I've got to rub on your belly a little bit, you know, or we're in the OR and shit gets crazy and you're bleeding. And, you know, one of the nurses started an IV with her left hand. Like, I don't know. I guess we're all just kind of trained like to normalize that. And so that kind of was just going to lead me into like my next part of my conversation and talking about like, I feel like part of the reason that I am so over, I want to say like overzealous, but that's not even an actual like correct term that I would say. But like, I feel like the reason I'm so over, overstimulated or like on like high alert on other areas of my life or like things that like really just like drive me insane probably stems from the fact that like I honestly have to just kind of like go into work mode and then leave and deal with all of that and just kind of turn it off right like and I'm not saying every shift is a shit show but like some days really are like you're like I have triaged 42 patients today or I delivered three babies today. Like I got, I had a delivery as soon as I walked in the door. I finished her recovery. I took her over. I got another laboring patient. She was six centimeters. So she delivered in two hours. And then guess what? I had her recovery. And then I had to get another patient and she was a lip rim when she walked in the door. And so she delivered before I left too. Like some days are just a clusterfuck like that. And you don't have enough time to process everything that's going on. And I do feel like when my preceptee and I get to that point, like, I have no doubt that she will, like, ask questions, but, like, I am looking into or, like, am going to be looking forward to having those conversations with her because, you know, I don't know how to tell people to decompress. Like, I, everybody kind of, you know, does their own thing. It's just kind of like self-care. Like, if you like to take a drive and wash your car and, you know, jam out to the radio on your drive home, like, okay, good for you. Like, do whatever works for you. But, like, do you journal? Like, I, some people do and it's helpful for them. So, I guess she's just going to have to find your own coping mechanisms. But, like, we wonder why healthcare workers or, like, people in the service industry get so fucking burnt out. And it's because here we are, like, handling this deep shit that we see at work, right? Like... I've said before, like, labor and delivery isn't all rainbows and roses. Like, there are fatal demises. And unfortunately, at some point in my career, I've had to deal with a dead baby. And that's terrible. And it's heartbreaking. And I still carry that on. Like, I put on a different nurse mode then and yeah I mean I don't know I I know that we have like 
you know, the employee assistance program and all those things, but it makes me wonder, like, and we see those things on Facebook that are like, oh, it must be terrible to be married to a nurse or like be with a nurse or love a nurse, I think is what it says actually, because, you know, they're always tired and they work such long shifts and they deal with such terrible things there that they're just like emotionally spent by the time they get home or mentally, you know, exhausted. And like, that is so true. So... I feel like I'm going to be more consciously aware of like how I'm processing and dealing with everything. Not necessarily like just from now on, but like maybe that's just something that I didn't really think about before. So yeah, I um, also want to talk about like when I was training, um, I trained at the same place that I work now. So I actually work with one of my um, trainers Um, she's amazing. She's been doing labor and delivery almost as long as I've been alive and that's wonderful. And she'll probably say, that makes me sound so old, but I love her. And she, one thing that she really did for me was instill confidence in me. And I don't know that I ever told her that, but like, I am so thankful for her and I'm so thankful for the training that I received because when we would walk into a room, this makes me want to cry because I think about, you know, when we would walk into a room and I remember the first week I was on labor delivery, I remember looking at the heart, fetal heart rate strips. And I remember being like, what in the fuck is that? Like, I'm so lost. And I know that one of them is contractions. and I know that one of them is heart rate, but I don't understand shit about how this is supposed to work or what I'm supposed to be looking for or like, you know, anything. I, it's just, it's so confusing, but I remember we would walk into a room and she would just say, Hey, her name's Jeannie. And she would say, Hey, I'm Jeannie. Um, this is Savannah and I, she knows exactly how to take care of you. And I am just here in case she has any questions or in case she needs any help, you know, or anything like that. And so I feel like one thing that I, my goal has been to do, I haven't necessarily trained anybody. It's been kind of a while, but I, you know, I want to instill that confidence in the nurses that I train because I want them to come off of orientation. I want them to be like, yes, I've got this. And like, yes, like I know that if I have a question, I can go and ask Savannah. Like I, there is just something that is so comforting to me about building the next generation of nurses. You know, when I went to nursing school, everybody talked about, oh, nurses eat their young. Oh, nurses eat their young. Well, you know what? They probably do, but that's a load of bullshit, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to throw my preceptee to the wolves. Like, why? She doesn't deserve that. She deserves to feel supported, and she deserves to feel like she has a good team of nurses behind her and a good team that will jump in at any given time. You know, I am completely fine with letting her be hands-on with the patient. I want her to be hands-on with the patient, you know, and I'm, I'm, I've told her, like, if you are, you know, in there and, you know, you're noticing something about the strip, like your hands should be on the patient. Like we can chart later, you know, we, we will deal with that later. Um, so she, you know, she does that and she is really great with direction and she's, you know, of course she's like, I don't know what to do, you know, in an emergency. And I'm like, you know what, in an emergency, you just listen to me and we will figure it out. Like I will tell you what to do. If I look at you and I say, this is what I need you to do, boom, 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 do it and we'll talk about it later, you know? So obviously, um, that would be my suggestion to anybody that's currently training somebody in a nursing role would be to 
instill confidence in them. And, you know, I did, I made myself available to her like, hey, please call me if you have a really bad shift and you need to decompress on the way home. Um, don't be, you know, don't be afraid to call me. Don't shy away from calling me because I want to help you in any way that I can. So that is really all that's been happening with work. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take another break and I'll be back and talk about my next segment. And that's just kind of be like wrapping up what's currently going on in my life. So, okay. So regular life has been continuing on. Obviously over the last month, Conrad is still going to school and loves it and is doing well and is getting so big and um, parenting at times, obviously, you know, I've mentioned on here before is really stressful and sometimes I'm like, it's so hard to parent the you out of your child. Um, he is so, so headstrong and so determined and so independent and he wants to do, you know, all of these things and he just is so gung ho about it. And I'm like, okay, but squirrel, can we, can we get your shoes on first? Like before we go do this, like sometimes I just have to be like, Hey, slow down, buddy. Um, so he is going to be five in April and I can't believe that it's been five years since he's been born. I know I talk about it when I talk about it. I feel like it just happened yesterday and we actually just got a paper for, um, kindergarten roundup and I can't believe what that we're at that point either. So, um, co-parenting as far as splitting, you know, he's, you know, got two homes now. Um, that's been going pretty good. I would say, um, I feel like, you know, our main concern is just him. And, um, I, I was, it's not obviously done. We've still got multiple years to go, but I would, you know, I was worried about that. I was worried that maybe it would be a fight and I'm sure there will be arguments to come, you know, or situations that we have to discuss and everything. Um, but I'm very thankful that we're able to, you know, have discussions specifically about, um, you know, Conrad and what's best for him or this or that. Um, so that has been a blessing clearly to be able to just deal with those things that are necessary. Um, on the forefront, I, um, am not like seeing anybody or talking to anybody, um, at the moment. Um, it's been a joke between me and my, uh, roommate that I, I'm like, I am not getting a Tinder or a Bumble or doing Facebook dating. You know, of course she's like, why? Like you should. And I'm like, I don't fucking have time for that. Like I cannot, like, I feel like everybody is trying to sell you a used bumper and like, here's my cracked ass bumper, but like, do you still love it? Like we can just, we can just tape it up. Right. Like I, I know it'll still be fine for you. No, that's bullshit. Like I don't want to like try to portray something online that isn't like true. And like, I just am really not interested in like going on a ton of dates with anybody. Like, it's just weird. It's just uncomfortable. Like I'm working and focusing on me and myself and I right now. And I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever come across me on Tinder or Bumble. I guess mind your business. Cause I decided to fucking give it a shot. Right. I don't, 
I don't know. That would take a lot for me to get to that point. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's some really great people on there, but I'm sure there's also people that are just on there and just not interested, like, in anything serious. And I feel like that probably is intimidating to some people, but, like, I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to lie about what I'm looking for, per se. Like, I feel like if your intention is dating to eventually marry somebody, then, like, hey, like, you should probably tell them that on the first date, right? Like, if that person doesn't ever... I'm not saying, like, hello, let's go run to Vegas right now and get married, but I'm saying, like, if your intention or your goal or it's... If it's something that you want is to get married someday, then, like, you need to tell them that. And they should be telling you those things, too. Like, I think that's the problem with, you know, today's dating world is that, like, we're just not open and upfront and honest with anyone. So... That would be my suggestion as far as dating goes. And um, I just want to throw in a little blurb about, like, it's not your job to make anybody happy. And that's, like, in any freaking situation. Like, but at the same time, you going into a relationship or just life in general, like, you have got to be happy on your own. Like, if you cannot sit with yourself at the end of the day if you're like packing your schedule so you're never having a moment to just like rest that is not healthy that is like you're avoiding dealing with anything and you need to truly like be happy on your own before you add anybody else to your life so it's not your job to make anyone happy but at the same time, it's not anybody else's job to make you happy. Just sit with that. And think about that for a minute. And I'll go ahead and move on to my next um, topic. I have not personally read this book yet or received this book. But my mom um, was talking about a book from... Um, a girl that she went to high school with wrote it actually, and I'm going to pull her up on Facebook right now. So I actually say the top or the title, right? Um, she, so my mom went to high school with her and, um, my mom said basically like, um, she saw her post about this book and, she wanted to read it. And so she reached out to her and she sent her a copy, you know, paid for it, whatever, all that stuff. So I am going to start reading it. And I actually want to talk about it a little bit on the podcast. And I may reach out to her and ask her if she wants to be on the podcast, because I think that would be really great. Um, but she, you know, kind of had like a, a strange, um, just kind of like struggled with a relationship with her mom and her mom eventually passed away. Like I said, I have not personally read the book. I don't know exactly what happened or anything like that. Um, but she, her dad had found um, a box of her journals up in the attic. And I guess he was not interested in reading them. And he was like, here, I don't want to read these. But like, I, I think you may want to. And um, so she started reading them. And she found out like, you know, things about her life that obviously were very hard um, to deal with and to read and all of those things. So she, um, has taken these journals and has used them as a tool in her healing journey, which I find absolutely wonderful. And I'm so excited to read the book and I'm so excited to talk about the book with my mom. 
Um, but she took her journals and is using them in her healing journey. And she's writing a book or she wrote a book with them. Um, and it's called her words, my voice. Um, and it's by Heidi Raymer. And, um, I would encourage you to buy it, even though I personally not read it myself yet. Like I said, um, my mom already started it and she said, it's wonderful. Um, I would ask you guys though, like, I guess I didn't realize it cause my mom was talking about buying it on Amazon and she was like, you know, yeah, you can buy it on Amazon, but like the publishers get, you know, a lot of that money. Like basically like the authors that write the books don't get a ton of money. So my one request is if you do want to read it, that you reach out to me and I can either put you in contact with somebody that can get you a copy or I can, you know, refer you to her. So just so that she actually does get something for her time, um, with the book. And I actually didn't tell her I was going to mention it on here. So I hope that that's fine with her. I'm sure it will be because it's publicity, right? So I'm going to start that and I'm trying to think of anything else that has been going on in the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't think there's really a whole lot still on the hunt for a house. So if you see anything, um, or know of anything that may be coming for sale, maybe send it my way or just send me a text or something like that. And, um, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to leave this for now. I feel like I have some other things I want to talk about, um, when it comes to like talking to people or like dating or sending mixed signals or being upfront, but I will save that for another episode. So as always, um, it may be, it may be raw and it may be real, but at least it's a loving and fun shit show. <laughs> so I encourage you to try to find the icing on tap in everyday situation. And if you need help doing that, you can reach out to me. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Until the next time, have a great week. Thanks. Hey guys, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and continue to follow along with me on this journey called life where we find the icing on top every day in my raw, real, loving shit show of a life. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much, guys.